Welcome to the T-Squared Dad's Brown Bag Podcast. Here's your hosts, Kyle Baker and Dieter Burrell. Hey, welcome back to the T-Squared Dad's Brown Bag Podcast. It's Kyle and Dieter. This week, first and foremost, we want to give a shout out to everybody listening. We've had a great past couple weeks. We've surpassed the 300 download mark. So we just want to give you guys a big thank you for that. We hope that you guys are, you know, enjoying what we're talking about and we will continue to to bring that to you. So thanks again. 300. Woohoo! So Dieter, what's been going on, man? I mean, uh, I know you guys were out of town this weekend and stuff like that. Anything anything special? Yeah. Um, took Went out to uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, took a, took took our, our little one. Uh, our daughter is uh, does gymnastics, and um, she went out there. We had a great time. Uh, we spent it. We made it. We turned it into a, like a little weekend thing, so everybody, the, the, my son, could could enjoy going, getting out of the house and staying at the hotel. He likes staying at the hotel. It's like, oh, we're running running off, Dad. We're gonna go stay at the hotel. Yep, we're gonna make it a mini mini vacation, and then we'll watch your your, your sister do gymnastics for three four hours so it was fun it was yeah. uh, uh only downfall was uh we we had a, a, a this looks like this i don't know what kind of size rock we had hit the windshield and it oh and no it chipped, and it chipped the windshield so this morning i called the uh auto light or safe light i think it was oh, and yeah. uh we scheduled it between eight and twelve you guys gotta love that eight and twelve everything's eight and twelve with these cable company the 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 Cox Cable, the telephone company, the electric company. Yeah, between eight and twelve. Don't you guys hate that? Don't you hate that? Yeah. And by the way, you got to call Lloyd's Auto Glass, man. I, you get a box of free steaks. I, I should have. <laughs> Can't turn a box of free steaks down. So so my wife says you just scheduled scheduled it for from eight to twelve. What did they call you like right away? What are the chances? Guess what, guys? They called like ten minutes after. Oh man. They had a not-so-busy Monday. Well, it sounds like you had a better weekend, uh, at least some more fun than what I did, man. As you know, we've been uh, selling our house, and and we said we were moving all weekend, packing up and everything. we got to be out of there this week, and I'm hurting all over from lifting couches and dressers. What are you talking about? You're making a killing on that sell of that house. Are you kidding me? Well, the market is good right now, so we were able to capitalize on that with us getting ready to build a house. But So now we have to go from the house we were living in into a rental and then in about 12 months into the new house that, that I've designed and that we're going to build. But man, it's been crazy. It's been a roller coaster with all of the different, uh, you know, realtors and inspections and everything like that. I mean, it has been nuts um, as far as that stuff's concerned. Whatever whatever happened, uh, I remember you telling me a little bit about your roofers. They, uh, the, the, they went and inspected the roof and you had three, two or three roofers saying that you needed a roof, and then you call your insurance company. Well, what was that all about? Yeah, so the house that I was living in was about 17 years old, and it had a roof from when it was originally built, and it was a 25-year roof, so it still had a little bit of life on it, but it was coming to the end, and uh, the buyer wanted us to um, get it looked at. And so she had actually three different roofing inspectors come out there, all of which are roofers that just were coming to inspect the roof so that they could give a quote and things like that. And they all came out one after the next, you know, about a day apart or whatever. And all of them climbed up on the roof, got underneath it in the attic. And all of them basically said, 
100%. You need to get this roof replaced. It's old. It's damaged. There's tons of damage all over it. it. You know, we're surprised it's not leaking already. It's so bad. So we did not want to have to redo the roof. It was just kind of with two kids at the house and everything. We didn't really have to want to have to schedule that and figure out when we we're going to do it and have them come out and deal with paying for it out of closing. And you know how it goes. It's just a whole yeah. can of worms you don't really want to open if you don't have to. But they kept saying that it all looked like it was hurricane damage from that hurricane that we had back in September, Hurricane Sally. And so we were thinking about, well, you know, we've been paying our insurance for the past five years, never made a claim. Maybe we should make a claim if it's that bad. You know, the roof was going to cost somewhere between fifteen dollars and $18,000, you know. So we've been paying into the insurance. Let's use it. So we call our insurance company. And they send out an inspector and we start the claim process and the inspector comes out and he looks over the roof and doesn't really give away too much at the time, doesn't kind of get tell us anything. And from the ground, you know, I, I mean, being in architecture and everything like that, I can kind of look at it and know whenever you're, it doesn't look bad. It looks fine. Right. You know, there might be a couple places around the chimney where you have like a lifted shingle or something. So the inspector came out from the insurance company he does his thing. We receive a call four or five days later. The insurance company lets us know that the inspector found no absolutely necessary damage that needed to be repaired. And the one spot that he did find was a lifted shingle that had like an acorn underneath it where it had blown underneath there, but it was still firmly attached to the entire three tab, which we have architectural shingles. So there's a little bit of fluctuation in them, but that was it. And we were like, okay, well, our deductible is $5,000. You know, how much is the repair? And she was like, oh, it'll be, you know, four or 500 bucks. We're like, obviously, we don't want to continue this claim if that's all that we were going to be able to get. So we're, we told our realtor, we're not going to replace the roof based on everything we found. We're not going to replace the roof. We're not going to pay for it. We'd already given a $5,000 credit, unfortunately, to the buyer for the roofing companies. But I told the I told the realtor I said you know are these are these roofers in the business of coming out and making inspections and telling you that you don't need a new roof or are they in the business of finding roofs that need to be repaired and then them making money off of doing the repair and so you know that's kind of a a bigger picture just a small piece of it about you know if you're having inspections done if you're having anything like that you know you want to make sure you're having someone that's doing it that doesn't really have any skin in the game other than just the fee you're paying them to come inspect the roof get an get an adjuster probably right a freelance adjuster to go out there and check it yeah we'll see and then at the at the same time is who really was right was it the roofer like is my roof really bad do i need to replace it or is the insurance provider they don't want to have to pay for it so they'd think it's fine well it, it, it it's a catch 22 because Who's paying the, the 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 inspector for the insurance company? The insurance company is paying paying this. What? So why would he say say to you say, "Oh yeah, you need a roof"? When the insurance company is telling us, "Like, hey, the le- the less claims you put in, the more bonuses you're gonna get." I right. mean, I, I'm just kind of talking. I don't I don't know the the details of it. I mean, but I mean, a, a, a roofer, you can tell us, "Like, hey, I want you to come inspect the roof." I just want to let you know, there's no guarantee I'm gonna give you any other job. So I'm still going to pay you a hundred bucks just to come inspect it. So just know that even if you put a claim on it that it needs to be replaced, I'm still not going to give it to you. Yeah. Well, because I mean, all of a sudden it's like it'd be a, it'd be a fair shake because it's like, all right, I'll, I'll just check it and get my hundred bucks. And, you know, if I think it is worth replacing, then it's replaceable. Yeah. Like I just want to have the information. Just give me the straight information. 
we found 14 spots. Here's pictures of each. The event is loose, whatever. Just give me the information and I can make that decision. But as soon as you start allowing the people that are going to be doing the work make those decisions for you, uh, I just don't think that that information is going to be 100% truthful. Yeah, I think it happens to a lot of people. I know that I had to get an, a roof inspection done in my house because my insurance company sent me a letter. This is all, this only happens in Florida. I, I don't know what other states it happens to anybody. You, you, you folks need to go, go out there and, and check with your own state agency to find out or your insurance company see that this happens. But here in the state of Florida, because we have so many hurricanes, we have to, the insurance companies can deny you coverage based on the age of the roof. So if the roof is, I guess it's in good condition up to five years, they'll maintain the coverage. But after the, after after those, they'll come back in to tell you, you have to replace the roof. Yeah. And that's kind of what was happening to our buyer. She was telling us, hey, I can't get insurance on this house. I want to buy it, but I can't get insurance because of the roof. You guys are going to have to replace it. And that's not 100% true. You can get insurance. One, you can do a leave out insurance where you get insurance for everything except for the roof on the house. And two is you can just pay a much higher monthly rate to have them cover that. It's kind of like having a really old car sometimes in order for them to cover that or a really expensive car. So, you know, she was able to find insurance without us having to replace the roof. You just have to do a little bit more digging. You can't just call up, you know, everybody's normal home insurance provider, whoever that may be, and just, oh, yeah, I'm buying a house and they'll just cover you. You got to do a little bit more legwork in order to make that happen. But the insurance is really what's kind of driving that. And, did, and you you replaced your roof not too long ago, I, didn't you? I, I, I went ahead and replaced it because this is what I did. I, I was... I, I was trying to be savvy. I was trying to be a, a savvy uh, homeowner. And I said, I'm going to call a roofer. And the first roofer said, tells me, oh, no, you need to replace that roof. That roof is under the five-year. You're going to have to replace Without it. Without ever even seeing it. Yeah. And, and I said, I don't want to quote. Uh, he goes, do you want me to give you a quote? And I go, no, I don't want a quote from you. Well, you know, you still got to pay me. That's fine. I'll pay you 100, 100 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever. So I called another roofer. I go, go, go check it out. So they went out there and they said, uh, we did the inspection. You want the report? He goes, yeah. Yeah, I want the report. Let me have it. He goes, well, you got to pay first. Well, I'm, I'm good for it. Just tell me if the, the roof, no. You, so right after I sent I sent the credit, I gave her the credit card information and this expiration date, She, uh, I, I see an email come through through my box and she goes, you should you should receive an email shortly. And yeah, you need to replace the roof, she tells me afterwards. Yeah. Right after, after, right after she processed the credit card. But anyway, so I, I went and did, I did call a couple of different roofers and try to see Hey guys, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not going to give you the job. Just tell me if it needs if it needs it. They ended up ended up being that yes, I needed the house, the roof, the roof to be replaced. So I ended up um, refinancing the house and then having the roof roof redone on that. So um, it was a pain. It was a pain to go through it. But uh, the the debate was well, if this insurance company denies me, there's probably like ten other ones that are going to deny me until I hit the one that maybe the eleventh one. Where you got the situation where it's like, hell yeah, we'll cover it. But guess what? Your fifteen hundred bucks a year that you pay for insurance is gonna be three thousand bucks. Right. Who in their right mind is gonna pay three thousand bucks for insurance nowadays here in Florida? You know, I mean it's a lot of money. So sometimes it's better just to refinance, replace the roof, and then you're back to your fifteen hundred bucks. And and sometimes you can even do improvements to your roof. Right. So uh, and, and, uh, I think a lot of a lot of you guys out there in Florida and in the in the coast. Uh, South Carolina all the way down to Texas. I think that anybody that's in the coast, they, they know all these hurricane-resistant 
requirements that the, the, the insurance companies have, like shutters and uh, water barriers, all this kind of mumbo jumbo stuff that I really don't, I'm not going to get into it because it's like very technical uh, wording for this kind of stuff. But I mean, it's, it's kind of stuff that we had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has been quite the, uh, quite the journey. So, you know, we were not going to sell our house for probably another year. We were going to wait until about three, three months before our house was done being built. But with the way the market's been right now, it just made sense. You know, we were, we got probably 10, 15% more for our house than what we were expecting to just because the market's so good right now for sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that because I've heard two sides. I've heard the guys that are saying the guys that are in it and they own property, they're just selling it because there's a, there's a buyer's market right now in Florida. Um, there's actually, there's such an overwhelming demand for housing Yeah, because people are moving from Northern states down to Southern states and Florida is the number one state in, in the nation the, uh, of people coming down from 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 northern states. Yeah, I've um, I've heard a lot of people talking about the migration of people from up north. One of my buddies, he just sold his house. In fact, he's one of the reasons why we decided to go ahead and put our house on the market. And someone that came down to buy his house was from like North Tennessee or something like that. And, you know, Florida's always been a destination for older people, a place to retire. You know, we have great weather most of the time. So, but what I've also seen is that COVID has kind of driven that. A lot of these more northern states have been locking down and things like that. And some of those people are trying to leave to come to Florida where, you know, it's almost business as usual. Sunshine State. That's right. Um, You know. It's the beginning of March and it's 75 degrees and sunny outside. And, you know, I mean, sure, we're masking up and stuff like that whenever we can. But, you know, it's it's a different it's almost a different world down here right now for the good or the bad. But, yeah, I mean, as far as putting our house on the market and doing those types of things, it was it was, like I said, quite the journey. And we didn't decide we were going to do it until like the week of I had a realtor come out. She told us a couple things that we needed to do to the place just to kind of freshen it up. You know, we took good care of it anyway, but you know, a little bit of painting here and there, pick up, declutter, those kinds of things. And we basically got it on the market on a Thursday night, went through Friday, had a showing Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning. And by Sunday afternoon, we had three offers, three people that saw it, three offers. Wow. And we were able to pick which one we wanted and so on and so forth. But the reason was that my realtor told me is that there was no other house within like a 40 mile radius that met those same criteria. Because as soon as they're coming on the market, they're going off the market. Same as ours. It was on the market for two days. And some aren't even on the market that long. Some people have pocket listings where they're not even ever hitting the market and they have a buyer. You know, they just have like someone that's looking to buy from their realtor that now they're also the selling realtor and they're just selling in amongst themselves before the, it ever even hits the market. Now, you know, I, let, let me kind of jump in here real quick because it, I, I heard of, I've heard of that before. And you guys don't know out there, but I, I also hold a, a real estate license. And uh, I know the Florida Real Estate Commission, There, there's some fine lines between what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And, you know, I don't know where that line goes that the realtor's come in and out because 
there's a level of, it, the, the, people feel comfortable. You know, it's like as a realtor to kind of do the kind of stuff, you know, you, oh, I'm not going to make a listing. I'm just trying to try to sell it outright myself. Right. It's like a, a you know, for sale by owner. Yeah. You well, th- that's what my sister-in-law did. It's like an but, ethics thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, I mean, my sister-in-law, uh, I guess it's been almost a year now, and it was right whenever the market was turning upward and becoming much more of a seller's market. You know, there wasn't a lot on the line or on uh, for listings and options out there. She put her sale, house up for sale by owner. Sold it in two days. Didn't have to pay commissions and things like that. But right now is the time when you can do that kind of a thing. You know, I have, she doesn't have kids. She just has a husband and, you know, they, they, they're busy, but not crazy. You know, so I'd almost thought about doing that myself, but it's a, it's a lot of work to sell a house. So for us, it was worth getting a realtor involved, doing all the legwork for you, filling all the paperwork, making sure that they're the ones communicating with the buyer and everything. She was having to do that. Now, they made a little bit more money by, by doing that themselves, but it was well worth it to me to have a realtor involved. Now, I, I hear this all the time. People say, well, how much you guys charge? The average out there for just residential under half a million is usually like 6%. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I mean, think about it, guys. It's like 6% of 100 is 6000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily our realtor... It's the same realtor that we bought the house from five years ago, and you know everything went smooth with that. So she gave us a little bit of a break, and I think we ended up at like five point five percent. Gave us a little half percent deduction because Ooh, she would yeah. work with us, you know. But I mean, still, you know, I mean, you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars to pay this person. And I would say, if you have a realtor, let your realtor do the job. Don't try to micromanage them. Don't do anything like that. If something comes up, have them handle it. That's their job. That's what you're paying them thousands of dollars to do. You know, the normal person maybe makes, you know, $5,000 a month, something like that. Well, they're about to make $15,000 in a matter of 45 days. But wait a minute, Kyle. Isn't micromanaging like the best thing because you know better than anyone else? Well, if you do think that. I know I don't know better than that realtor, so I was not trying to micromanage. But the other thing, you know, my wife, she, she, we would try to call the realtor on the weekends and she's like, don't bother her. And I'm like, that's when she's doing 90% of her business. You know, people are going to look at homes on the weekends. So I was like, I don't have a problem calling her at, you know, six o'clock at night on a Saturday. And that's what I would do. I'm like, hey, I'm paying this lady to do all this work for me. I'm paying her a lot of money. So, she should answer the phone. And if she can't take the call, then she'll, I'll leave a voicemail and she can two get back days. to me when she is. The house was for sale for two days. Yeah. She didn't even show it <laughs> because with COVID, she isn't showing the houses. She's just putting a lockbox on the door. And I'm not trying to diminish anything about what the realtor did. She did. She's done a fantastic job. I know realtors work really, really hard and it's feast or famine. And right now for them, it's a lot of feasting. So that's fine. But there's going to be times when it's famine too. So... Hopefully, if you're listening to this and you're a realtor, you're not taking any offense to that. But, you know, you might want to put some of that money away because the market's going to going to shift. That's for sure. But I would call her on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon and ask her a question. Hey, I'm looking at this. Do I need to do that? You know, should I spend the money to upgrade all my lighting fixtures or should I spend the money, you know, having the yard professionally done? And she would tell me, hey, you know, you can do that, but you're not going to get any more money for the house. And that's because of the market that we're in. When I was with my parents growing up, 
and we would sell a house, you would try to upgrade anything that you could because you were competing against 50 other houses in your area. There were tons of options. When people would go look at houses, they would go look at 20. Well, right now, the way it is, when you go look at houses, you look at two and you throw an offer in as soon as possible because if you don't, it's gone. And that's how the rental market is too. So when I was trying to find a rental, we tried to go see, gosh, if I had to guess, probably 25 or 30 different houses. And by the time we could even find it on Zillow or something like that, call the realtor, the hosting list, uh, the person hosting the listing, you know, send an email, do everything. Oh, it's already under contract. Oh, it's already under contract. Oh, we already have an application. If that one go, if that one doesn't go through, we'll give you a call. But there are three other people in line, and I'm like, holy moly! Maybe maybe I should just go back into real estate. Right now would be the time. Just make sure you have something on the back burner for whenever it dies off. But you know, we got lucky and had a family friend that just so happened to have a rental come available, and you know that would fit for our family and everything like that. So we we did get really lucky with that. Like I said, it's been a wild journey for the past. Gosh, I guess it's almost been 40 days now since we started the process. And you're closing, when, when are you closing? Uh, we're closing this Friday. Ooh, man, party at Kyle's. That's right. Once it's all said and done, we get everything moved. I'll be ready for a adult beverage and a cigar or something to celebrate. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like fun. Um, you know, the other the other thing that I did here, I was listening to a, it wasn't, it wasn't a podcast, it was a uh, it was a a guy that, that he he has his own YouTube channel, and he was talking about how real estate could could be seen in in a in a, in a different in a different angle. They're saying that uh, he, he's hearing he's hearing both both sides. People are saying, "Oh, you got to sell your house because you know it's a it's a seller's market." And some people are saying it's like, "Oh, the potential of the the uh, the real estate kind of collapsing is coming." Now I don't know if you anybody heard heard that out there. Well, he he what he's saying is like. If you guys look at the statistics here in Florida, there is nothing that's going to collapse here in Florida. There's such a big boom right now, and we're sort of like in the very beginning of it. Yeah. Well, and one thing also to remember, people are talking about selling their houses because they're going to get so much more money for them right now. But you also have to remember, you still have to live somewhere. So if you're selling in a seller's market, you're also then buying in a seller's market. So you're going to sell your house for more, but you're also going to have to pay for more for the house that you're about to buy. One thing that I kind of got lucky with was because we're building a house, that cost is roughly going to be the same now as it was, you know, two years ago versus two years from now. So I'm buying or I'm selling in a seller's market, but I'm building in a seller's market. So it's a little bit different. You know, I have a, a buddy of mine that he sold his house and he got a good deal for it and then he had to overpay for the next house that he bought you know it's still a move up but you know he's gonna have to hold that mortgage for the next 20 years or whatever however long he's gonna be there so you have to keep in mind if you're thinking about selling right now in the seller's market that's a great idea but just know that you're also going to have to buy in a seller's market we ran into that situation where um you know trying to find the rental we were we were scared there for a little bit that we were going to sell our house and we didn't make our house sale contingent upon us being able to get a rental. So it was kind of scary to be, um, what are we going to do? We're going to have to cancel this contract or are we just going to have to like go live with our parents for a little while with our kids? Definitely. I would definitely say if you're in the 
process of thinking about selling, now's a great time. If you're just selling because you're trying to capitalize on the market, I don't necessarily think that that's something that you should do unless you have another place to live while that's going to happen. Because if you buy now, because you're selling now, you're not really making any money. You know, you're just trading it off one for another. But it's a it's an interesting market, that's for sure, right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not planning on selling or buying anything right now. Um, I know I got family members asking me if it's a good time to buy. And, and you, you could take two angles. You can say, well, right now it's just beginning to take off. But that's a gamble. Because what if we're at the high end of it? And because I hear people saying predictions like, oh, 2021, the end of it, you're going to have some sort of like real estate adjustment. And what if it what if it does? I mean, it's all hypothetical because, you know, you, you don't know. You can't for, for, foretell the future. But what if it did happen? All of a sudden you, you find yourself having bought a house for three hundred thousand dollars and all of a sudden it just dips for an entire year and your house is worth one hundred and eighty. Right. Yeah. I mean, just be careful. I mean, that's all I can really say. But anyway, that's uh, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, shout out to everybody that is listening. You know, Dieter and I are so excited about how things are going with this podcast. We're really gaining some traction, getting a ton of downloads. Thanks to everyone that's, you know, being a part of this process. And, and we will uh, talk to you guys next time. Where's that joke? Dieter, I did not forget the joke of the day. Here it is. Why didn't the hipster real estate agent show the Oceanside Mansion? It was too current. Thanks for listening to the T-Square Dad's Brown Bag Podcast. Please subscribe on your favorite platform and we will talk to you next time.